God is, is holy. This holy God is completely other God, all-powerful, created heaven and earth. He created man. The purpose of man was to be glorified God, to enjoy him forever, to be his servant, to be direct, to spread his kingdom. And man did not. Man said, we fell. We had no hope. God said, the day you give the fruit of this tree, you will surely die and they did not have died physically that day. But their relationship with God was broken. They were separated. And the only way that we as human beings can come back into fellowship with God in order to fulfill our purpose as human beings, which God has defined and created, was for God to condescend, for God to come down and a public relationship with us. And so God promised in starting Genesis 3 15, the promise to Redeemer, he comes to rescue his people. And he continued making covenants throughout the Old Testament. He continued making them to Noah, with Abraham, Moses, David. And each time, God was coming here to show us that we need a redeemer and that we And so this Psalm 23, we're going to do a fly by and point out the truth of things. I want to show you how this fall is, in fact, wonderful. Um, first off, the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord. You see in your text, capital letters, L-O-R-D, capital, means God's covenant name. The covenant name that he gave to Abraham, the covenant name that he gave to David, um, it, is, it is I am, it is the name that he gave when he established his covenant. So immediately we're, we're drawn to covenant. Um, throughout the chapter, I shall not blush, we may see my doubt in passion deserves a blessing. If you look at the book of Deuteronomy, which is the second given of the law, which is coming out of the, the covenant of Moses with people there. There's all sorts of blessings that come from keeping God's opinion and truth. Understand that it's really true. And they're cursed as well. Uh, this song deals with the blessings. Uh, but there, there are both. Are both. Uh, but there's common blessings that come from being in God's covenant. There are things that God's going to provide for people in the covenant people in the wilderness. That's how they wandered and their clothes didn't wear out. They possibly had to do I images continue of observing how this is all. No have time to die in all the next month. And on the last verse of this section, is that say, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall love and announce the Lord forever. If you look at the word mercy there, uh, the word mercy is the word. for loving kindness or perfect faithfulness, which again is used all throughout the Old Testament to refer to God making his covenant with people. And then again, you see um, the name of the Lord at the end of verse 6. Now, again, God's covenant name. And so, if we're familiar with the Old Testament, then this idea of covenant is driven out of the song. Um, so that's the Old Testament context. 
near context, I want to draw from the structure of the so the structure of the psalm, we're going to take verses 1 to 3 together. Verse 4 and then verse 5 and 6. If you have uh, an ESV Bible, the ESV actually has different rates in it. But I think the nice job of helping us understand this psalm. And so in these, this structure of verse 1 to 3, verse 4 and verse 5 to 6, I think that the focus is the middle section. The middle section is, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be here to the people. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. And so, I believe that the context for this psalm particularly is David, who is going through his suffering. There's there's turmoil. And even as there is turmoil in David's life, what I want to point out is that our confidence is not in the passing of God, not in the passing of God, but our confidence is in the experience of confidence of David. So let's jump into that. Psalm 23. I'm going to read the whole thing. I should have done it earlier. This is all some awesome. So, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not love He makes me to lie down in the green path. He leads me beside the waters to restore my soul. He leads me in paths of grace. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will hear the For you are with me. Your rod, your staff, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, this first section, verse 1 to 3, talks about God's provision. And here, what I want to remind us of is God's provision for Now, again, this all starts off with the Lord. We already talked about this, but this is God's covenant name, the Lord. And the Lord is my shepherd. And the big question for the day is how can I receive these blessings? How can I receive the blessings in Psalm 23? But the more basic question of how can I receive the blessings is how can I meet in a covenant relationship with God? Or to put it another way, how can I go from not being a sheep who got sold to being a sheep who got sold? You see, the only way to lead into God's soul is not to And he does this by way of covenant with Christ. But I just want you to think about that this morning. That if we claim that the Lord is our shepherd, then what that means is like a shepherd has authority over the sheep. 
let the shepherd arise. So we are humbly submitting to the law. As one provides I believe that this opening statement that David makes, the Lord is my shepherd, is a statement of repentance. Because if you notice that the Lord is my shepherd is all in singular, that it's not this other thing is my shepherd, and this is my shepherd, and this is my shepherd. See, what David is doing is he's saying, all of these things They say all of these distractions that I have placed in my life, they are not shepherds. David is relinquishing all of these other people and these things that distract him. He's saying the Lord of Rome is the one who is There's a willful submission to care and control. And we need to ask ourselves, does that does our Lord have that kind of care and control? Am I help me give myself to the care of the shepherd? When the good things come, when the bad things come? Can I say that the Lord is The song continues, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I, I shall not find. And I want to point out that the people who want are not true sheep. David says, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if I want thing, then that evidence is that I am not a true sheep, I am not trusting the shepherd. And the word want here, I'm going to define a little bit more. The word one is to fill something that's lacking. Or be needy. So in other words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be needy. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. And I, I want to pause and reflect it and, and think about this a bit. It's true in our life. That we that we lack nothing. That we're completely content in God, who He is as our shepherd. You see, what we're talking about here is not a physical one. I'm not the one who's hungry. Not the one who's tired. Not the one who's thirsty. Not the one who's out of job or without a job. Our hope is in God provides himself. Because our ultimate need, as we looked at briefly in the beginning, is that we are that we are people in need of a redeemer, and that is what God is, and that we are no longer the ones or seen God has provided. So our hope is not that we will escape physical needs, or not that we will have physical blessings. But God gives himself by means of redemption through the death and resurrection of Christ. 
What more could we want than for all our sins to be paid for so we can enjoy See what David is saying is that if you find yourself wanting distracted by all of the things of this world, then you are, are not But at the same time, David invites you and says, The Lord is my shepherd, and invites you to, with David, repent. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is covenant faithful God. Not because of my obedience, not because of my ability to talk. Because he had made promises. And the claim once again is surrender what he has done to Christ. And say, The Lord is my shepherd. The psalm continues with some imagery, which we're going to look at right now. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want them. He may speak by now. This is referring back to the not wanting. It's a green pasture that has all of the things that you could ever want for the time. And then, so as a sheep, we are here or lying down in a green pasture where there's plenty of food around us for people to eat it. And not only does God provide our spiritual food, which is Christ Himself, He also provides us with the water that He leads us to have. So we have both food and water, which are the two things that we need to live. Food and water. And here, as God is our shepherd, he provides those things which we need. And again, I don't want to limit this to food. I want to bring this out and show us that what God is pointing to is that for all of our spiritual needs, God provides. God provides all of our spiritual So he gives us the green pastures that we don't want. And he gives us the still waters so that he, as the next phrase says, restores our soul. We understand, or should understand, that the long for water. And we understand the refreshing power of And that is the imagery that this still water has in us. That we drink in it, and water refreshes our soul. And just like water refreshes our soul, so does knowing Christ. That knowing Christ refreshes our soul. And God provides a bunch of Gives them all the things, all the things everyone wants. You are fresh to their soul. He gives them green pastures. He gives them still waters. Because the Lord alone is our shepherd. Not only does He give us these things, but He also leads us and has the right. Again, if you haven't yet, please lay Bible. I'm going to take some footnotes. It says, instead of he leads me in paths of righteousness, I want to say he leads me in the right path. He leads me in the right path. The paths that 
that he has ordained the paths that lead us in a way that is not like And as he is leading, we need to acknowledge his sovereignty and provision. That even though these right paths may not seem right to us, that even though they may be lacking physical things, that God is still giving himself to us. And so that we can say with Paul, whether I'm in love or whether I know how to bound, I know what it's like to live with the All these things are done for me. Because I know Christ, I know my Redeemer, as Job says, I know my Redeemer lives, and that's for my hope is. My hope is in my Redeemer. Who has the right paths for me, even if my paths are perfect. Where everything is given away. Our Redeemer still stands firm. And we can acknowledge that he has perfect. We can trust the Lord. So he leads us in these paths for his name. This is the motivation behind the provision. You see, what God is about is his glory. And he wants us to be about his glory too. And we know that, or we can understand that she gives glory to the shepherd. Um, an example of this is in the Old Testament, there were two men, Jacob and Laban, and Jacob was Laban. And Jacob was living at Laban's house and um, started basically, Laban said, here's a few sheep and go start your flock. And um, Jacob started and God blessed them to his flock. And the glory wasn't given to the flock. Laban became jealous of one of them and he jealous of the flock. He became jealous of Jacob because he knew that Jacob was a shepherd who was Making this flock grow, even though it was again. The glory for them is found again. Jacob or Laban does not allow this lot of one to come on. It happens, so they just call the sheep away and Jacob started over again. But the glory of the sheep was not the glory of the sheep, it was the actual shepherd. And just like we are our sheep in God's fold, the purpose of us being sheep is to bring the glory of the shepherd. Sheep have nothing they can do nothing. We all know that they're dumb animals who they fall over and they can't get back up there. Unless someone helps them back up there. Die. Um you understand that the sheep are all what happens to the sheep? They're really worried about it. So verses 1 through 3, just a quick recap of the book. The Lord is our shepherd who provides all the But again, this isn't physical. The Lord providing all the means that one provides. The provision is himself. The next thing we're looking at is verse 4, which is remembering God's presence. This is first four starts with even though I have been walking the valley of the shadow of death, I fear. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. So even though 
we walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And here we are right again. We, we just walked in right past. And here we are walking in the valley of the shadow of death. Now you put the example right past our entire path. And it all seems, doesn't seem right to be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Again, another alternate reading from the ESG would be the valley of darkness. Darkness. Though we, we walk through this valley of the darkness, don't we pray that we can trust that God is the shepherd and the provider? And this idea goes against many things that we're taught in culture. It goes against the American dream that you can work hard and earn great things so you don't have to suffer anymore. You may suffer, but your kids will suffer. And, and here in America, we hear all about nonsense. But we, we don't, we suffer. We can't escape As being fallen human beings, we walk through these valleys of battle. Sometimes our, our paths are really difficult. The current path is important. Our confidence is not in the passing of the trial, but our confidence is in our Savior, our Jesus Christ, in whom we shall love. So even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this is the oppressed person. Verses 1 through 3 are primarily in God providing for us. And here it determines that, that, that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I just want to notice that this change is the evidence of the loneliness of walking through But this loneliness, if you're a believer, is only a double. David, when he wrote this, probably felt what we like walking through the valley of the deep, immense darkness. Can't see around me. But he continues with this out of the truth. Why? Because you are. Because the shepherd is. If we don't have to fear, we don't have to fear the evil without or the evil within. We don't have to fear the sin that is within us. We don't have to fear nations that are sinful, that threaten with nuclear bombs. We don't have to fear what our president does. We don't have to fear what our neighbors do. We don't have to fear the fallen and the sinful state that we experience within ourselves and that that goes on around us. Because God is the only guy who is just the first part. Going back to evil, evil will not triumph because God has promised that. In Genesis 
see, if we are outside of the covenant, then we walk through this valley alone. We walk through the valley of the shadow of the darkness, all alone, surrounded by angels, surrounded by the prey. We walk through this valley as a sheep. There's numerous things that could attack and kill if we did. We walk through that alone, and what? The shepherd. So, how can we be a shepherd if it's by him who gives us? For you are with me. And see, we deserve to be left out in the wilderness. We deserve to be left in this dark valley with predators all around. We deserve to be left in this chaos and torment. We deserve the wrath of God. We pour it out upon us. But all of these things that we deserve were poured about upon Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer, and our Shepherd. See, it's our hope and our confidence. It's not the kid again the escape for trials. We escape from our sins to know that it's true. Right? Our confidence is in the individuals. Who comes in here to us, he promises that we shall not want. He promises green pastures, living water, soul restoration. And even though we can't see around us, even though it feels like we're overwhelmed, that like David, we ought not to live our lives based on what we see or what we we need to live our lives based upon the truth and reality of the Savior. On the truth and reality of our Holy Shepherd. Trusting in, in His promises to get us through whatever things So this all continues. We're going to jump to the next section. Remembering God's promised victory, which has been in verse 5 through 6, it says, He prepared a table before me in the presence of the enemy. He anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows, for the goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the promise of that, of the Lord's presence. Before we jump in, I just want to point out again that. God is the subject of these verses. That is, God who is the one who is active in doing these things. And we are almost cheap. We deserve to be left out there. But God is the one who comes down and acts. And the metaphor changes a little bit. It was in the first four verses talking about sheep. And talking about she being sheep in God's word, and it changes. Um, and it says that he prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And what is he talking about here? He's talking about this is basically a victory feast. A victory feast. In, in this context of the Old Testament, what they would do is two nations would go to war, and whoever would conquer the other nation, the, the loser, would go to the victory feast and basically say that they won. An illustration of this is Samson. When Samson was finally captured by the Philistines, 
years later, they wanted to, to rejoice over their victory over Israel. And so they bring Samson up before them in their presence to mock him and show their strength for Samson and over God. And obviously, the story will be I mean, that's, that's what this picture is. It is a victory piece with their enemy tied up in the front of the room, shown as powerless. We do nothing, he has no power over us. We don't need to fear the people of the universe for because our enemy has been tied and bound. He no longer has any weight over us. Why? Because we are. God has the ultimate victory over our enemies. Not only do they get to enjoy the victory feast, but that he also anoints our hands of glory. What the world is this? There's a few different things. One, it's symbolic of a blessing or protection or power. Oftentimes, a shepherd would take oil and pour it over the head of the sheep to protect it from getting bugged because the sheep can't really do much with the wind bugs. So the shepherd would have to take care of it and would anoint it for protection and blessing. And this eventually became symbolized, or to symbolize being chosen or consecrated for specific acts. If you look through the Old Testament, you see the priests, they were consecrated, they were anointed with oil. King David, who wrote this song, when he was anointed for king, he was anointed, he was chosen, when he was chosen to be king, he was anointed with oil to show that he had been consecrated, that he had been chosen We also see examples in the prophets, where prophets were the same thing as anointed for their task of, of being a prophet. And here, in God's presence, we not only Experience the promise of victory. God gives us the task of being that prophet. <laughs> gives us the task of, of serving him for his name's sake. And so we can enjoy, through God's power, living in his kingdom for his glory, as he says. <clears throat> Not only has he prepared a table and anointed our hands with oil, um, but his cup also overflows. And this is a, an indication of the abundant blessing of Christ. That if your cup overflows, that means that it is full. When I have a cup of coffee, I like it full. When I go to a, a restaurant and then leave an inch of space at the top, I feel cheated. I want my cup to be full. But here God promises that, that our cup will not just be full, but will overflow. We built the room. We have a lot of So that God will give us the abundant blessings of That we can enjoy the, the immeasurable blessing of who God is and all you can. Again, as we pointed out earlier, that this is not just a physical blessing. Not just that I'll be rich and have a, a nice car to drive, have a nice 
or turn to the presence of God, which we were designed to be in the Adam and Eve designed to be in God's presence. This song promises to us that we will one day join us. And so our confidence is not in the scape of trial. It's not in the blessing of physical things. Our confidence, confidence is in the infinite nearness of other things. God, we thank you for your words. Thank you for shows us that we are the leader which shows us that, that we are people who need a shepherd it also shows us that you alone are so I pray that as your people that we would trust in you as our shepherd that we would relinquish all of the distractions of this life and they would come before you